You're listening to Black Sheep from Wired Differently, hosted by Kansas veteran John Arshambo. This podcast aims to break the stigma around mental health and injuries sustained in the uniform. Strap on your boots and get ready to overcome your adversity and struggles. Welcome to the Black Sheep from Wire Differently. Tonight we have Pete. So Pete is, well, Pete has like over four decades of service, which is kind of insane. So first thing first, thanks for your service. Number dos. Uh, you did eight years in the military. You were airborne. You did reserve and full-time. Um, you did 32 years as a police officer. The last 20 are part of SWAT team uh, for normal reason. We're not going to say where you are um, because you're still active. Thank you for bringing what me tonight and and chatting. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. So this is the first podcast you do. Uh, I'm very honored and I really respect that. I mean, you and I know each other for now, what, three years, two years, uh, when I was really angry at every police officer and shitting on everyone. Uh, you were one of them who actually were the good guys who talked to me. So I really appreciate that. Um, but I want to show a bunch of things. And, and I mean for multiple reasons, for the community's sake, that there's a lot of people who uh, actually hides or suffer in silence. Um, you are one of the leaders who actually have people under you. And um, and we'll talk about the career a bit later, but what do you do? Because how many people you have under you right now? Now um, I'm uh, supervising with a seven-man team. Okay. So seven bodies, seven souls. Uh, how do you deal? And I'm going to start, I'm going to just break the ice with mental health when it comes, right? Because I'm sure as a SWAT member, you must see stuff as well. Uh, you don't do all only your hair to look good. Uh, so what do you do? Uh, what, what do you do when, when shit hits the fan, right? This is kind of the question here. And, and how do you deal with, with your people? Um, <clears throat> well, as you know, we, we do get involved in a lot of, uh, uh, I guess we'll say like SIU investigations where there is a lot of stress put on um, the team members a little bit more than just the regular uniform guys. Cause we're, we're involved in it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, definitely does play uh, a, a, a lot, puts a lot of stress on individuals. And I find that some guys, I mean, it's getting better now, but I think some guys try to put up that, that tough front. Yeah. You know, I don't need the help. I'm a SWAT guy. I can handle anything. Um, but it's only as of recently where some people are starting to realize that they are asking for help. And, you know, like it's, you know, that stigma's leaving. But they're still at a crack. Um, and basically as a leader, I think what your question was, as a leader, um, rather than, I guess, years ago, we would ignore it. And I don't mean we as in me, but the leaders would ignore it and just kind of let the person figure it out themselves with their families and stuff like that. I personally, because of all the stuff I've been through and I know what it's like when you're on the other end, um, I do, I make a point of reaching out to them and getting the guy down, guy or girl down to them, you know, by themselves and trying to see if I can help them um, and try to bring them out of their shell a little bit and let them know that, you know, I am there and, you know, you don't have to play up this big tough SWAT guy and their SWAT girl. Um, and, I find that has opened up a lot of communication with, with myself and the, the people under me or above me. Yeah. Uh, 
because nobody wants to talk about it. Like, uh, like it's, it's a lot better than it used to be, but you know, once you crack that barrier, um, then it makes things a lot better. And as a leader, you gotta be able to identify when people are having problems. Right. I make a point of checking my guys, like at the beginning of shift every time, just in a, you know, not a direct way, just making sure they're okay because I need to know that they're okay because tonight could be that big call where mm-hmm. I need to be okay. So I do try to get a build a close relationship with the people on my team and not so be so much of a standoff leader, if yeah. that makes sense at all. Yeah. Leading by the front. Yeah, the front, the rear, the side, wherever I gotta lead from. But yeah, yeah. mostly front. Yep. Yeah. And and do you see those red flag because you've been through stuff or do you see red flag because you know your people so well? Yeah. Uh, you know what, John? I think it's almost I'm able to identify um, the problems better because of all the problems I've had and experienced and everything that I've went through. And I've had some black holes that I've went in and I've had some good times. But now I realize how important let's see i realized how important it was to have somebody to turn to um and at work too because you're at work a lot of the time and that's where you're trying to keep it you know keep it private and that's not the time to keep it private you should be uh the people at work should be helping you just as well um if that makes sense it, it does it does it does how do you so if, if say if you as a person goes through that rough patch, what, what do you do to regulate yourself? Like, is there a way? I know you work out nonstop. I've seen the videos. Uh, I've, I've seen you in rocking uh, last, last summer with the boys. Uh, I mean, you, you are involved in the community. Again, right, left, and center and every side possible, which which is amazing. Um, but what do you do for your own mental health? Well, you know what? Like, I kept it to myself for so long. Um, and I just would not let people in, um, in, in every way I had that wall built up and, um, you're not coming in and just through therapy and, and things that I've just underwent and say the last five or six years, I've learned, you know, how to deal with my stuff a little bit better. And I've learned a lot about myself and, you know, how therapy goes and learn why I think a certain way, why I do things a certain way. And it's really helped me in helping others as well. Um, because I'll see the signs and I'll like, I can see little things that maybe I never noticed before. And that's when I'll, you know, I'll pull him mm-hmm. or her say, you know, how are you today? Yeah. Like thing good. And, you know, and, uh, but back to what you're saying about me, um, I wouldn't say therapy was the be all end all, but it definitely opened my mind up and yeah. helped me think more about myself. Um, plus, I have a great support system now with Anita, her mom, you know, some of my family, but more so um, Anita and and her mom, I'll say, I don't mind admitting that. Um, Like she was the one that actually pushed me to therapy. And so she must've seen something that maybe she could relate to and knew that it would help me. And and that about six years really turned things around for me. So we're going to talk to Anita on a part two, just to see how crazy you were. No, I'm kidding. kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I I mean, it's, it's amazing to see. And I'm I'm curious. I mean, you said, you said seven years, right? Seven years ago, you you started therapy. Is that what you said? Um, I'm going to say about, I'm going to say close to about five years. So it's not been that long, but what I've gained from it is just, uh, 
uh, it's amazing. It's unbelievable what it's done for me mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's 35 years of a load that you carry. It's it's heavy, right? Um, and it's it's one thing to have a community. I mean, it's still heavy to to carry. So good on you. I mean, this is this is all, those are the things that I find amazing, right? Because you have the, the younger generation, younger than me, who are now like seems to be more accepting. A little bit more, although we still wear the uniform and the uniform comes with a stigma. Um, but then you look at my generation where we were not talking about it. Your generation was not even, that did not exist, right? We, we're going to carry on on something else because this is not happening now. Um, and obviously we can go even further as like, you know, the, the trench um uh, the trench of injuries in the, in the second world war where people were giving a few beers and go back into your trench buddy um so it's 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 coming S slowly but it's yeah. coming um, yeah do you think that it, it'd be great that first thing first i mean obviously the services in the police world um are more open to it do you think we should also explain what we're doing as work to society so they understand that maybe you had a cop who was pissed off that pull you over and yell at you you're making a complaint but should they know what we're seeing because we don't have the same relationship with society that when we go to let's say us uh us right now right where us have a bit more patriotism a uh, bit more understanding of the uniform to an extent uh, versus here, we're looking into like let's say the provinces where it's a bit more to the left. It's 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 <clears throat> war. It's not a good relationship with society uh, when you're a police officer. Um, so so it, do you think there's a solution we can do with this? There's there a way where we have to rewire the entire society and the, the service, the first responder, and so on? Or what could we do for this? It's a weird question, but it's it's loaded. I mean. <sighs> I don't even know. I don't even know how, like, I don't even know how we build a better relationship with um, society other than when we have our deal, like myself, when we have our dealings with people, we just try to be the best we can with them, be professional and mm -hmm. we can't change them. Like it's, it's so hard now because there are so many people against us. Um, you know, the media doesn't help. They, they never show the good things. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bad things that we do, but there's a lot of good things that yeah. we do too but the only things that are advertised are the bad things. And, you know, for the handful of, you know, bad people in uniform out there, it just paints the brush for all of us. And I, you know what, I don't think, I honestly don't think we're ever going to be able to shake that as sad as it is. I just don't think it's just something we're going to have to deal with. And that's the way it goes. And that's one of the battles we have every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it's, it's totally right. And I mean, I, I was, I was personally in shock when I did some, um, uh how do you call that uh road um uh, whenever I, I drove with another copper from another province right right, right along yeah. there we go that's that's uh, i yeah. had ice cube in my head for some odd reason probably because of the movie but um and uh so i was riding with my buddy in, in ottawa and it's a different mind game than than calgary is where calgary is kind of conservative but also very supportive of the uniform um and we we went and we uh arrested a shoplifter and I couldn't believe probably 10 person with their camera and their cell phone around us, like yeah. filming us. And I was like, what is going on here? He's like, buddy, it's fame, clout, and so on. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're just waiting for you to do something wrong. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but for what? Well, there are five seconds of being an awesome person who video with their cell phone. 
And I was like, I understand to an extent, right? Because again, fully aware there's bad cops, there's good cops. And there's like everywhere, there's bad bus driver and there's good bus driver. There's good teacher, there's bad teacher. So I I get it. But But in the same way. We're always the one on the news. We're That's just the way it is. And we just have to be aware of that, right? Yeah. Do you think sometimes there's a double standard for uniform people? Uh, What do you mean? So, okay, so let's say that, um, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say that tomorrow there's an officer from Regina who's drinking and driving, get arrested, right? And it says in the news, uh, I don't know, Regina police uh, constable so-and-so was arrested for drinking and driving. And then when you have an accountant who get arrested for drinking and driving, it doesn't go in front page. I know, Um, we're held to a higher standard. So if uh, one of us messes up, they want to, they want to put it out there. Yeah. You know? Do you think everyone should be held at the same level? Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, does it does it mean the police going down to society level or society to go up to whatever uniform possible? I would say up or down, just the same. Yeah. We're yeah. it's we're just doing a we're just doing a job. Yeah. You know, not a, we're not above the law, we're not below the law. We're just everybody should be the same. I mean, there's no difference, right? No, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I'm I'm Totally on par with what you just said. I'm just curious because sometimes they're like, ah, some people are frustrated and angry at society. So it should be at the same level. And I think you said it right. It's we should just be at the same level because, yeah, we're the same. We're people. We're human first, right? Um, Funny question for you. So, I mean, I know it's a long time ago. We're talking about 32 years ago, but do you miss anything from the military? Ah, oh, yeah. Well, I miss, I miss that team camaraderie. Uh, that everybody together to accomplish one mission, you know, uh, although policing, you know, they say, oh, it's a great big team, great big family. It's nothing like it was in the military. The military was completely different. The friends that I made in the military, you know, over 32 years ago, I'm still closer with them today than I am with any police officer I've ever worked with. And I, you know what that's like. You, I can't explain it. It's just, that's, just that bond that only those who have served know what that's like. Um, And that's, I mean, I don't wish, I don't regret anything. I don't wish I stayed in longer or, you know, this, my, my career, my life has went pretty good. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I do miss the military, but it just for that. But you're surrounded as well still, right? Because like I said, you're, you're still taking part of of the community largely. Um, and now, and, uh, even just that recent rucksacking thing, like, you know, now we're getting together with all these people that we've just met on social media. Like, we've talked on social media for, for years. Yeah. And it's just now I'm starting to see them face to face. Hey, you're so-and-so, you're so-and-so. Yeah. And although we're coming from different areas, different services in the military, different police forces, different whatever, yeah. there's something that connects all of us. And I can't describe what it is, but we just share a small part of our brain that's the same. And when we're together, it's it's just reminds me of the military, and it's great for my mental health too. Yeah, like, yeah. just like you know, like this is good. Yeah, no, but, I totally agree. Yeah, I know you can relate to all that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about. I was telling you, I did um, a podcast with Stacy, and you're like, oh yeah, I met her on the walk, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm like. She's a fantastic person. Um, yeah. But you're right. The 
the camouflage, whatever we're going to call it, right? The, the multicam camouflage, whatever we, we use here as something. And, and I think it will come down to whatever Joko said one day. It's the art ship. It's the art ship you go through. Uh, the, the tough time. You see each other at the best and you see each other at the worst and you're there side by side yeah. through emotions, through all the physical hardships, and then you get through it together. Yeah. You can't replace, you can't uh, duplicate that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to um, a Navy SEAL which, who has the same kind of conversation. He's like, we were doing um, BUDS uh, and he's like, we were, I was, he was in, there was three teams and there was a big guys. And he was in a team of the big guys, a big man. And he's like that the first team was always up front in their boat were the small that you were never in, never thought of. But he's like the mind they had was we want to be, it sucks, it's horrible, but we want the first boat up front. So it doesn't matter how it sucks, but at least we're going to be the first one to finish it. And I was like, this is, this is how it works, right? Uh, I, I mean... Uh, from whatever boot camps comes to you, combat arms to uh, this SWAT, uh, I mean, hell week that you guys have or testing that you have, special force, whatever you're going to put it, there's all, all a hardship. And and like you said, we all go through it differently, but we go it together. Uh, and the guy you might, or the girl you might hate, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't align with them because your mission is the same. It's either to finish yeah. it, going overseas, whatever that is, maybe, and makes you work, uh, which is very, very unique, which I find that necessarily didn't see necessarily in the, the civilian world where you are other uniform, if you wish. Um, I see it's part of that. I think the difference there, too, is in the military, you go through all that stuff and then you stay together. Now, when we have our, like, we have another selection process coming up in a couple of weeks, and these guys are going to be together for a, probably, it's about a four-month process, including selection and then a basic TAC course and all that stuff. And by the end of it, these guys are like this, like they are brothers, but then it disappears because then when they get on the teams, they all go home at night, they go mm -hmm. see their family, kind of boop, and that's when you just lose it. Yeah. And then that tight, that closest, but like I said, the military you're still with those guys for a long, long time policing. You're not. Yeah. Then they that tightness, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you, you put the finger right on it because when I moved here to Calgary and I was doing the seven months course, cause it's, it's longer than the, I think it's long. It's the longest one in, in Canada by all means, but I was like, okay, I'm going to be friend with that person. And, and without saying it, I don't need friends. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. Like it, it's, that it was not, blunt like this but they had friends they would go back at night we were probably a handful who were like just moving for the job uh yeah. and the other one and move as well within the town because i think we had four person from calgary who were applying to become calgary police but they were they didn't need that extra social they already had it so why adding it up and you 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 pin it very clearly it sucks to be confined to your home or by, I mean, confined by your home, it's your barracks, right? It's not, yeah. it's not normal uh, to yeah. be locked in. Now we're past COVID, so we can kind of necessarily say that exactly. But, um, yeah. but it remained that if you go back to your comfort zone, your safe place every night, you break that bond constantly, sure. right? So yeah, we don't live the same thing. I'm not saying it's best or worse or whatever. It's just comparison. Yeah. Just um, yeah. So 
you did. So this is the fun part. So you have 32 years. That means you have, we said 20 years in SWAT. Excuse me. Um, and uh, so did you do 12 years of street or did you do something else in between? Or well, Yeah, because uh, where I work, they don't, they won't leave you in for um, that long of a time in a row. So like when I basically, if you want me to break it down, I did yeah. six years, six years on the road. Then I applied and went through, then I got into SWAT. I was in seven years, made team leader. Then uh, I had to leave to get promoted. I went out, I did investigations for four years in gangs and things like that. Got promoted. They pulled me right back in. Did another uh, five years. Yeah. Left again. And I was like, okay, I've had enough because it was a bunch of politics and things going on. I was just like, okay, I've had enough of this. I love my job, but it's just, uh, anyways, a whole bunch of other stuff. So I left yeah. and then a year later they pulled me back in they said do you want to i said yeah let's go and i've been back there um since and i plan on retiring out of there so i've been lucky i've been very fortunate because normally they try to move you around every you know five to eight years but i guess i'm doing something right because i'm still in there or they're scared of you one or the other uh one or the other right like um so because i mean we're talking about a full year a full career right like is there a part that you see right now coming where you're like, okay, I'm not reacting as I used to be, or do you have to work harder on some part of it? Or no, uh, I try to work. Um, I try to work harder. Uh, my philosophy is I never want to be that has been. I never want younger guys or newer guys on my team coming in going, well, yeah, there he's, that's the guy he used to, or he used to, I always want to be that guy that, man, he's still doing it. We got to yeah. keep, and so, I mean, some days it feels like I can't, but I just keep doing it and it's good for my mental health too. Right. That's yeah. why, I mean, I'm already, you know, I could have retired, but I'm, I'm just not ready to hang my boots up yet. And as long as I can physically do this, I'm just going to keep doing it. And how do you, do you manage home and work? Because you're on calls as well, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. So how do you, I mean, we're talking about a long time. You've been with Anita for a fair amount of time as well. Uh, how do you deal with that being on call? Like, how do you well, manage that balance? It took her a long time to get used to the the whole shifts of somebody coming and going at all hours of the night and waking her up and all that. But uh, I mean, that's what it's like with a shift worker anyway. But um, <clears throat> now the balance is with my seniority and the number of guys. I don't go running in on every call in. So the odd time I'll go in, but there's enough guys now that they'll like, when they'll ask for like, basically what they'll do is they'll page out for a certain number of guys and I'll go in the odd time, but I don't go in all the time. Uh, I just, I do my shifts. I go in for the odd, you know, warrants and things like that. But I, I try I could work every day if I wanted to, that's how busy it is, but I don't, um, yeah. it's balance. That's a, that's a bad, that's a constant battle. Like trying to like, you know what it's like your sleep is all over the place and you're you're messing up the, the person you you're messing the person's life that you live with it's just it's you know like i'll be coming off nights and i'm just miserable and then you know and you don't want to do something and i'm just like you know snapping at her for no reason at all but <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's a i don't know how what the what the answer to that is it's, it's a constant battle yeah. for my trying to fix that but she bites too, and she can kick your ass. So I know that. Um, so, yeah. um, so how do you disconnect then? Um, I disconnect through the gym. Uh, the the rucking has done me wonders. 
and honestly, the therapy. I mean, yeah, even if it's not necessarily what the therapist is telling, it, it's this going. I don't know if this sounds going to sound weird. The therapists are great, mm-hmm. but the thought that I'm actually going there helps me. Like I'll be thinking about it three days before my appointment date. I, mean, I don't even care what we're going to talk about, but I just know that okay, at least I'm going to do something, you know. And then I feel a little bit better after. So that that gets me through a lot. Um, and then I've you know broken it down to, you know, not. I think I've told you about that. Not trying to think about the future so much about my life and retirement and all, and just concentrate on, you know, one week at a time, and you know, so I'm not getting overwhelmed with everything and. Because that combined with shift work and there just, you know, there's so many things going on in my head at home. Yeah. It's it's amazing because every guy that I talk to, every guy who actually from we're talking about those those top tier uh, special forces or, or SWAT or whatever that is, you all say the same thing. Small goals, small wins. Uh, one day at a time, one meal at a time, if it's for training or whatever hell week or, or whatever, maybe. You all have that. And I think it's a beautiful mentality because it keeps you in the present, which is huge. So you're not lost in the past. You're not looking in the future constantly. You're Because we talked about it, you and I, two years ago. I was like, are you going to retire? Come here in Alberta. We're going to be fine here. We're going to have our barbecue, our beer, and so on. going to go shoot guns. And, and, and the answer that you had is like, I'm not there yet. And, and there, was, there was nothing about tomorrow. It was just, I'm not there yet. And I, yeah, I was I like, this is fair. That's what was really, uh, that was, I still struggle with that. I will try to think about further down the road. Okay, what am I going to do in a year? What am I going to do in two years? And now I'm just, I'm trying to really hard, just focus on one week at a time um, and just free up that headspace. Because if I start thinking about too much in the future, I just start like anxiety come in. Yeah, big time. And then, uh, you know, start taking out my anger and things like that, but all that kind of stuff. But I'm curious about, um, I know you have a daughter and I'm going to ask you that question if you don't want an answer, but we're going to just shift. I know it's family and it's different, but how, how you, do you know how your daughter feels when she look up at da- my dad is a SWAT member? Like, did she ever brought like, you know, someone at home and you're like, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, what, what is it? How does she oh, see that? I've right. That's several with some of her boyfriends. I said, you know, you know, everything is going to be fine, but, uh, you better treat her, uh, good. Or everything's not going to be fine, yeah. and they were all—they were always afraid of me anyway. All their boyfriends, because uh, I think not that she's had a lot of boyfriends, just like, and I—I I would just be kidding, but I guess they come across a little bit seriously when I'm kidding with them. Yeah, but uh, I don't think my daughter goes, "Oh my god, he's the SWAT guy." But I know there's she, you know, I know she thinks I'm crazy and things like that. But she's like a mini me anyway, so she yeah. can relate. So we're still pretty close. Yeah, no, and you look alike. Uh, I mean, no, I'm just curious because, I mean, my kid as five years old is like, oh, police officer, and, oh, military officer. But, yeah. but I mean, I, I think they, they still have, yeah, we're crazy. I'm not going to take that away. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but there is something that they see that change, right? Like, uh, as for example, you're serving the society where you are at, the city where you are at, um, and and you're risking your life on many freaking calls uh so yes we're crazy but there's something beautiful in it within it i think that is uh our kids the my kid doesn't see but your kid probably see because she's not five years old anymore um which is amazing there as well um if she would have said i want to be a cop what would you have said she did um years ago and i was like oh like obviously i'm going to be supportive of anything um you know 
that she wants to do. But I wasn't going to try talking her out of it. I just let her figure it out herself. And then eventually she changed her mind. And I was just like, thank God. Like, you know, <laughs> and I just, I didn't want her to be subjected to what I've been through. Um, and I think maybe because I wouldn't be there to protect her, to be there. Like if I could go and she could be my partner, then yeah, yeah but I, that's going to be possible. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would worry about her. Yeah. But I, I mean, she can handle herself, but still, you know, you still have that in you. You're like, a dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Uh, it's funny because I talked about that to another podcast and we were talking about parents uh, don't necessarily understand fully or don't want on purpose. It might be avoidance, right? But parents don't necessarily want to understand if you go to trauma and you talk about it, they might not want to hear this because you would love to save your, your child. But we're talking about trauma. You cannot fix that. Like it's, it's something that they have to do on their own. There's you can support by all means. Right. But it's hard as a parent. Yeah. They have to figure that out themselves and we can just guide them the best we can, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the, the best word as parent. It's what we are. We're guides, right? Because yep. it doesn't matter the age. If you tell them go there, there's a good chance they're going to say, I'm going to go that way instead. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just to yeah. test the, the, the adult would or test the parent or whatever the hell maybe. I know yeah. my son's a little, he's French. That's his French side. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. There's something beautiful and. Your video was funny today. French versus hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I've been, I've been joking about that because. Um, I mean, he's not English Canadian. There's a bunch of Canadians who's going to say there's no such thing in French or English Canadians, which is Canadian. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But you spend, spend 12 years in the military in English units. You're going to understand that you're being joked around. Move to Alberta. <laughs> Work in the yeah. police world. You understand you're French. You're not French Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it, we joke around. My son understand now pretty good French because uh, yeah. he goes to French school. But I told you that before, and you met my kid. Um, yeah. Not the new one, but the number one. Um, yeah. And when my parents came, my parents are true Quebecers, right? They don't speak English. And by choice, and it's not that they're retarded, they speak multiple languages just by choice. And yeah. uh, my my mom was speaking to him and blah, blah, blah. Or it can be, how are you? I'm glad to see you. And he was like, what did she say? <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, hi. <laughs> So, so we make a joke around and, and he still doesn't speak much to me, but he understand what I say. So it's, it's very, very interesting to see how uh, kids, kids, uh, they're sponges, man. They understand so much. Uh, and, and to the extent I think of, of, of trauma, um, as simple as, uh, I mean, I, I had a, a trigger, a first flashback in probably a year, year and a half, not a long time ago. And I screamed and he, he took it on him at first, right? Because kids, they all think it's their fault first. Uh, I had to go to his room and I had to say like, buddy, it's it, dad's not angry at you. Dad saw some, saw some stuff that has problems to digest. It's finding something, the words to explain to a five years old. Uh, I'm screaming not because I'm angry. I'm screaming because whatever going there, right? And uh, in how did you deal with your kid like this? Like, did you ever have those moments where of anger? I mean, you said that you were sometimes you're snapping at Anita, uh, but I mean, with your your kids, did you ever like have that issues? And they're they're older now, and uh, I'm sure. You know what? We've, I've never talked about. It. I'm sure they've they've thought of some incidents in the past, and maybe went, hmm, 
maybe that's what was going on. Like maybe he was, you know, suffering from some kind of trauma. Yeah. But then, but maybe they do now. You know what? That's something we've never really talked about, um, which probably should. Yeah. No, I'm just curious. I'm just drawing that that line because I mean, it's uh, uh, it, it's not easy. I think to even as much as we love our kids, it's not easy to bring the subject. It's not, okay. uh, and it's because we put a stigma to it. It's not just in the uniform; it's everywhere, right? The, the stigma is extremely present, uh, and it's those are heavy subjects, right? It's like suicide. Uh, I, I talked recently to a lady who, who lost her husband, and he, she's like, we, "We talked together, and he told me that he would never do that coward uh, action." And I was like, "It's I think we we misunderstand what suicide is. I don't think it's a coward aspect. I think it's a." The person wants to stop having pain. Doesn't think that it's going to stop forever. He just wants he she just want to stop the pain now. Uh, now, sadly, it's extreme. Yeah, but, but yeah. So um, <clears throat> anything. Okay, so this is a, the the other part. Would you change anything that you've done so far, or are you at peace, hundred percent, whatever you went through? Um, you mean in my career? Or... Yeah, not not your tattoos, because I, I saw the tramp stamp you have. I would change that. Uh, but uh, yeah, in your career, like, would you have like, would you have try something different? Well, you know what? I never, I never want. I I never. I don't regret anything. I don't want to change anything because then I wouldn't have what I have today. Okay. But I think if uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and it always comes to mind when somebody asks me that is I think I would have stayed in the military a little bit longer. And I'll tell you why, because when I got out, when the wall was coming down in Germany and things like that, yeah. JTF starting up like the next year or yeah. two, I would have liked to have went, tried that route. Yeah. And that's my, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say regret. I just, I would have liked to have done that because it's still kind of the same thing. Cause I always wanted to be in SWAT. Like, you know, you have your little yeah. boys. I I want to join the army. And then when I joined, after I joined the army, then I want to be on a SWAT team. Okay. Now I've done both, but I've achieved the goals that I want to do, you know, and I would, I don't want to change it because then I would have to give up something that I have, whether it be my kids or a need or just that nothing would have fell in place and things yeah. I like going right now. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I have a friend I talked to recently and he was ERT for RCMP. And he said the exact same thing. Yeah. In the military, he switched to RCMP, went our ERT. And he's like, I would have loved to try, just to try. And yeah. and it's something to point out. I mean, during L week to have I've seen it, uh, there is actually guys from other special force unit in Canada who actually just want to come do the hell week to try it out. Yeah. Just to test their body. Can I make it to that one? Um, which which is for some probably insane, but there's a self competition that happened. And, and, and I think you mentioned it not directly, but just a bit earlier where you were saying, I don't want to be that guy who used to be there. So I'm going to push myself to an extreme. So you well, are constantly you, in competition with yourself, you know, and you know, you can relate to that. And that's uh, one of those other things that with all of us guys have that small part in our brain that we're all connected is, is that's a big one that, that, I don't think a lot of police officers have, they want, like, I want to test myself continuously. Yeah. I want what I can do. And I felt I did that in the army and I missed that part of pushing your body and mind 
to the point of breaking, but not breaking just to see how much you can take. If that doesn't sound too crazy, but you don't, you don't get that same rush in the policing. Yeah. And you know what? You point out something that is awesome because I was in therapy. Well, I've been in therapy for three years by all means, but uh, I had one someone one day was, uh, I think he was a, a student uh, to was doing his, was a doctor doing his specialization in psychiatry. And, and he was telling me, he's like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, I like to work out until it hurts. And he's like, that's not healthy. I'm like, well, that's what we did in the military. So I guess it was healthy back then. And he's like, well, like mentally it's not healthy. And I'm like, how do you, a bodybuilder do? They break the muscle, get bigger, they eat, they keep on going. So the the breaking point is not breaking something inside of you. It's breaking that wall of that limit you thought you had. And then you push it yeah. further and then you push it further. Um, and this is something that I think is we see a lot in the uniform, but it's everywhere in society. There's a lot of people who have, if you wish, the, the, the sigma type of person or the alpha type of person who, who wants to be. Uh, that that is from the person who, who do placement uh, in, in, or investment wants to get okay. I got hundred thousand dollars this year and pro- this week in profit. I want three this next year, right? You can sign find that, but those are leaders as well, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the people people wants to be, uh, but what they don't realize is instead of looking up to them, look up to what you are at and push that person. And I think this is where uh, it makes you that person that you are now. Um, after 40 years still pushing, right? There's not a lot of people after 40 years still serve. Yeah. Especially in policing. Like, yeah, you know, like they're, you know, they're in their thirties and they've, they've shut down. They're not taking care of their, their fit, their fitness their their health. They're just yeah. so stuck in their job. And but, so, okay. So I'm going to bring this. So I'll, so, you know, we all as a police officer, as a first responder in general, we see a lot of, uh, and, and what I mean by this is, is, is people in crisis, it's a lot of negative. So how do you bring that positive back in your head? Or does it affect you? Or does it at one point did probably, right? Because um, Well, I see that that could, that could open up a whole bunch of other stuff. But you mean dealing with crisis all the time? I don't, it, it, I think it used to bother me in the beginning. Yeah. But, but I've learned to you know how it is. We learn how to separate it and, you know, we can't fix everybody. Yeah. Uh, and basically when I'm there in my, as a police officer, that I'm just going to be a, a temporary uh, help to you right now anyway. Yeah. So there it's, I can't be taking their problems away with me and starting to try to figure out because I'm probably never going to deal with them again. But seeing that we, we deal with people in crisis all the time. Like that is the majority of our work, although we are doing, you know, high risk things and, weapons and all that i'd say the majority of work is uh people in crisis yeah. um oh, the, the mentally ill and things like that and um yeah i i don't think it affects me but it, it probably does right i think where it affects me more is in my personal life where i'm trying to help other people in crisis whatever it is like whether it is my team member or things like that and then i start taking on their problems yeah. and making my problems. I think we talked about this before where you're, you're, you're wasting so much energy on trying to help everybody, which I know you can relate to that you're draining your own tank. Yeah. Um, and there has to be a balance where you find where you're taking care of yourself yeah. and not necessarily being selfish, 
but maybe not offering the help as much and maybe wait till they ask for it. You know, there's a difference. Like, instead of just going, I can help you, I can help you, I can help you. Just let me, let me work on myself. And if you do need my hand, then ask them, then I'll help you. But yeah. just to find me in there and think you can save the world. And I know I'm rambling a bit, but that's one of the things I'm working on right now is, is working on myself a little bit better. But, but I think it explained why three days prior going to therapy makes it good, right? Yeah. Because I'm doing it for me. Right? Yeah. And that explained that that rounds out back there. Because uh, yeah. you're right. I think we're fixers, right? And and obviously, I find it fixers is sometimes just a Band-Aid um, as a police officer, right? Because we cannot fix everyone. And, and you're right. If it's the person you stop from committing suicide that night, might do it the next day, you, you don't work, right? So it might happen. Uh, and, and horrors are ours, right? Period. Um, and that happens as well. But you're right. If if we keep just giving to others, the tank's going to be empty. Um, and how long have we been doing that? We've been doing that our whole life. Mm -hmm. Helping people, serving people, fixing problems our whole life. You reach a point where you're like, I'm getting a little tired now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can somebody help me for a change? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But take it. You don't want the help because you're just used to doing this and maybe you, I don't know, maybe you see like me myself, I would see that as a weakness. I'm still dealing with that right now that it's not a weakness, letting somebody else help you once in a while. Yeah. Um, like yeah. you said, right. And a great satisfaction out of fixing stuff. That's what we thrive on. Yeah. Serving. Yeah. Serving. Yeah. Uh, which, which is, I think the most, um, it, it's not a salary. But it's it is, yeah. right? You have a true victim that is suffering. You're helping, and you're finding the solution for the time being. It's a win, uh, more than whatever salary we have, minus all the being sued or whatever that comes investigation around, the the politics that comes around the, under the house of policing. Um, it makes it for a good day, uh, yeah, down the road. But but it it, it is a tough tough aspect and i mean this is one of the reasons why i wanted you to come tonight it a lot of people think like and you said it earlier I, I thought i was going to be a psychologist but that's just me being weird but you're right most of people little boys i want to play guns i mean my son did it today and you saw the video and we had fun and yeah. uh, he wants to be a police officer which i told him go firefighter uh but uh hey. i mean it's calendars things like that yeah people yeah. like you yeah, people like you. That's it. That's it. People likes you. Uh, you give me teddy bear. I mean, it's great. Uh, but but truthfully, I I looked at it as it's part of a personality type as well, right? And we're not talking about the alpha, beta, whatever that is, maybe. Yeah. But a servant itself is a personality. Um, when did you discover you had that personality, or you just went with the flow that you were attracted to it? You know what. <laughs> Because <laughs> a lot of this stuff has come out recently with uh, therapy and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I think it started with stuff like just even cooking dinner for my parents when I was like a teenager. Yeah. And I was like once a week day where today was my day. It was every Wednesday. And I remember I would do stir fry for my parents. So I got so much satisfaction out of knowing that my mom and dad didn't have to come home and get dinner ready. And they were going to be so happy because dinner was ready for them. And I, I don't know why it's such a big deal in my head right now. Cause it just came up recently. I'd forgotten all about it, 
but maybe that was the start of, hey, I can do things for people. And, and, you know, and then I think, I think just to jump ahead, when I joined the military, I realized pretty quick that I was a little bit stronger. And I mean, mentally than the others. And I felt I was taking on that leadership role, like pretty quick, just it was coming to me naturally. And a lot of people were coming to me with stuff and I was helping a lot. Then I just, I started enjoying it, helping other people. And then it just blew up from there. And then just, I just was getting so much satisfaction out of, you got a problem, come to me, I'll fix it. Yeah. But 40 years later, now I'm starting to realize, okay, who do I go to now? <laughs> Cause I'm so going, you got a problem? Come to me. I don't care what it is. I'll fix it for you. And then I would help so many people. I realized, Hey, this is what I do, you know, Yeah. yeah. but it wears definitely wears on you. Right. Yeah. It becomes heavy. It's a rucksack. It's a life of a rucksack, right? It's, yeah. it's, it add up. Um, and, and you're right. And, and I think this is the big thing that is, is important to say is everyone goes to see someone. It doesn't have to have necessarily a diploma above their head. Um, but I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad was a, very clear on what he's doing. He was helping men who have tendency to be violent toward their family members. Uh, so I heard stories from the wazoo as well at, at young age. And then he was telling me, I'm going to see someone. I'm like, are you violent towards us? Right? Because I was the link as a kid. I was like, well, if you're seeing someone too, it's because you're like the people you're seeing. And the truth is he was emptying his bag because he was hearing so much yeah. heavy stuff. Um, now, I know I know Calgary had their own uh, mental health uh, office and clinic and so on, which I find it was great because you could just call them and go without actually telling you chain of command. Um but I found that was brilliant that they did that because it, you need that that open door. You need to have somewhat of what can I do if I have a bad day and I don't know how to function and my wife or my husband uh, don't understand what I'm going through right now and you don't want to talk to your partners at work. Um, so I, I think there's something important there and finding as well therapists who understand the first responder life is not easy, right? No. You don't want to traumatize the people you sit in front of, right? That, that's the other aspect, because I can tell you, uh, I mean, I remember sitting in front of a, a, a lady and um, I opened my bag with the first trauma I had, and she's like, and I was like, uh, oops, I said something wrong. <laughs> and, and and she's like, oh, I just had something in my eye. I'm like, your eye were not moving. Like This is, this is not something. But yeah, there's something there, right? It's not easy. Right now, because uh, I'm her first first responder, so she's getting educated as well. So it's it's pretty entertaining. Oh, I bet <laughs> I'm getting a lot of the you know that whoa like <laughs> yeah. yeah no hundred percent. I mean it's it's funny because um and you don't ever know right the there was there's a say in French where you know the the, the uniform doesn't make the monk. And it's pretty much what it means. And and I went to the OSI clinic, which is the military and RCMP clinic that we have, uh, that is recognized by VA, uh, VAC, sorry. And uh, there's one lady who had purple hair with like full of collars. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And then a month later, my my therapist says, I'm leaving. And uh, I found the right one. And it was her. <laughs> it's like, you're not putting me with a purple hair person. And I was like, what, what, am, what are you, what is she doing here? She knows that the military is black and white. 
and uh, and truthfully, it ended up that it was the best move happened in my life for therapy wise. There's nobody else that understands me as much as she does. Uh, so yeah, the, the uniform doesn't make the monk was kind of the right fit there. Um, awesome. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting, and I mean it's a quest as well, right? Because we don't open at everyone either. Uh, no, we learn to not trust people. That yeah. Is a, Another thing, right? Because when you're with people who are going constantly in trauma uh, and constantly in crisis, you don't know if they say the truth, right? I have only one knife on me, sir. Uh, okay. And I find yeah. seven. Like, uh, well, okay. Well, yeah, no, I don't trust people. Like, it's kind of <laughs> done. My trust for the society is over. Um, yeah. And same for you. I mean, you, you clear houses or, or buildings or whatever, maybe. Like, you don't know what's on the other side of the corner, right? Uh, which is another thing. So um, I'm curious, and she probably told you before, is any tough stress when you go on a call? Yeah. Yeah. She she told me she's worried about me when I go to work. And obviously I say, don't worry about me. I'm good at what I do. You know, the macho thing. And there's a reason I'm doing it this long. It's, you know, I'm not a new guy, but I'm still, I don't have that attitude that nothing can happen to me. I still stay as sharp as I can, but that doesn't ease her at all. Right. Yeah. You know, when I night she's worrying and there's nothing i can do about that like no 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 i agree it's 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 a very interesting uh because my my wife told me as well she's like uh she when you do night shift and i was driving i was riding along at the, alone at the end she said, i don't like it and i'm like it's okay she's like yeah you told me when you went to iraq that you knew you might not come back and you made peace with that and i was like yeah she's like i don't like that either <laughs> so it's like well but it's 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 I, th- I think you are so close or you become so acquainted to death right so for xyz reason because it happens often right we answer to death calls um that it becomes kind of uh well yeah i, I know way of saying you just accepting it right and yeah. plus i mean lately all these police officers are getting killed is not helping her either right no, no, and it's extremely sad. I mean, uh, and um, and I, I it hurts. This is the funny part, right? And I, I'm pretty sure you're the same. It doesn't matter where the police officer pass, where where is he coming from, which service. It's still in the family. It's all relatable. Yeah, and, I, and the I used to be on the honor guard when I first got on, going to all the police funerals and stuff like that going all over the states all over and i i had to stop that because every funeral i was just like so relatable you know and i was yeah. just like doing this uh extra damage to my head right now yeah but it doesn't matter where they're from they're still wearing the uniform and still doing the same job and yeah yeah and it's canada and u.s you're totally right or allies base whatever that is right uh, i was talking to a surgeon from us and and he's like we just put our chief to bed and i was like what were you talking about he's like he was answering a call with a constable like a young constable and he got shot first and uh it was an ambush ambush um i don't remember which state it was by all means but uh, and i'm like we're different different country different culture but it still hit home i was like how oh, do you feel man like he's like it's our chief man it's yeah, some of these ones they've been you know if you, not to get in all this stuff but they've been yeah. a few amb- Gotta like, like you can't even prepare for that. You you can't stay in the red 
24 seven waiting for you. And that, that's another, you know, the whole hypervigilant thing, like that's draining as well. You can't be like that all the time. Like, you know, those are that one, the guy was just going for coffee. Like, how do you, how do you prepare for that? You know, so anywhere, anytime. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the same with, uh, I was talking to a sheriff, um, a highway sheriff in Calgary in Cochrane, sorry. And, uh, and that's another one, right? Because people are in between in between coppers. Sometimes we call them the Nazis police, right? Because they, they have to have so many tickets in a day or whatever that is. And um, that, that's their job and whatever, if they like it, good. But if there's something that you don't know how it's going to turn out, is is it a pulling over someone? You never know what is in the, in the car. You know who owns it, right? But that's it. Uh, you don't know how many people there's in a car if there's guns if there's anything and you don't know what kind of that person's having or what he's going through right now yeah well look at uh, the sergeant andrew in calgary who got dragged by a 17 years old mm -hmm. like uh you're not covered the guy was just doing a uh yeah he was just doing a t-stop so <clears throat> yeah it's 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 an interesting job and i think sometimes it, it, I mean, the show cops did not necessarily help. I, mean, it's, uh, yeah. I think the intention was good when it started, but yeah. uh, it made it worse. But I think it'd be great to see eventually, uh, not necessarily people officer, uh, police officer who are still serving, but after the fact, like that, that we have a form of documentary, like what is the hard time you have? Because it's not always easy. Yeah, or, or I mean, if you have to take kids away, I remember that taking kids away from a mother. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't feel right, right? Doesn't matter uh, the order you get; doesn't feel okay. Um, but yeah. So anyhow, so that's another rabbit hole that we can actually dig for a long time. Uh, we can I, just, you know what they could do too? They could do a re instead of having cops, they could have a reality show with cops off duty. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. humanize the badge a little bit. You know, yeah. there would be a lot of dark humor. Uh, oh. <laughs> which might not be accepted 100 percent but uh i mean it still as of today my wife's like did you really say that i'm like maybe yeah like, i need to your, your humor is not funny and i'm like you don't think so but peter does yeah. and, and she's like yeah but it, it, i'm normal human society you guys yeah. are different and and, and i'm like yeah, we're different but uh but we understand yeah. each other. There, there's, there's that as well. I think you're right. I think they could do uh, that is a, a reality show by all means, but or documentary or whatever that that is, right? Like there's something to be pointed out because, because you know, even when people will come up to you in a restaurant when you're ordering food, and it's like, yes, we eat food too. Yes, we drink coffee too. You know, like they, yeah. or they'll come up and just stare at you and look at you like you're a, you're an animal in a zoo. I you pay know, like, you a salary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah. yeah like er everyone who works for the government, you do, and you don't complain. Uh, maybe you should, uh, but that, that's another rabbit hole that we're gonna fall on under time or under other names uh, and so on. But but yeah, no, you're right. They they it's it's and, and you know what? Depending, right? In the same way as if you receive a gift, why do they give us donuts? <laughs> like honestly, I, I don't get that. If I have to run after someone after, I'm going to have a cramp. <laughs> but, yeah. but the other aspect is like, am I eating them? Right? Because did, did they spit in it? Right? Or what did they do with that? Right? So there's a, 
it's funny. I don't know. I find it funny, man. I, I find it super funny. And there's good people. And I think that's what we have to remember, right? That the best of it is the good cause. Because yeah. there's, there's horrible things. But uh, I try to now, and I mean, I didn't do for 40 years by all means like you did. But um, I tried to just go to bed thinking about like the people I actually helped uh, versus the person I angered royally uh, for just doing the job. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, is uh, If tomorrow they say... You have to go uh, direct a, a team that is in the street. What would you say? How would you deal with this? Because it's different. Like you've been out of this for a long time. What, what do you mean? Well, like, if, uh, you have to oversee, like as a surgeon, uh, a line that works in the street, like a constables or patrol cops. Yeah, no problem. I go do it. Yeah. Yep. No, there's no problem. And you, you'd be fine with that? Yeah. You move to Cochrane here and we can have a barbecue because I think it's kind of due. I'm just saying. Uh, but um, And next year, by the way, I'm just going to call you out because we're recording right now. Next year, you're doing a rucksack march of 222 miles. Wow. Uh, just so you remember that, uh, oh. that will be in 2024. Oh, the 20. Okay, so you're letting me take a bye because of what I told you about? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, it's more because of your age. I want you to be very well prepared. Oh. That's more about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, seriously, I'm, I'm going to bring you with me either way. You're going to be with me this year uh, because I wanted to do that trip with you as well, for sure. I want, I want you to see the patches on the back of my rucksack when I'm in front of you anyway. Oh, this is all you see it. It's okay. <laughs> At one time, you're going to be in the truck and seeing, oh, my legs, they don't hurt. Oh, my hair is not done like when I used to be in SWAT. I know. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> all that to say, this is the this is exactly what we were talking about at the beginning. There's a bond, even if we did not serve in the same unit or whatever the hell maybe. Um, that is not. It's hard to put a word to it. I call it family. Some people call it community, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever it is. Um, there's something that is, is just so unique. Someone, uh, if someone tomorrow, and I'm going to ask you the three question, tell you to join, they want to join the police. What do you, what do you tell them? I would, I well, first I'd ask why, yeah. and I think they're going to get out of it, and what has led them to policing. Um, maybe by that point they've they've already explored other avenues, but I would just, I would, I think what people think they're getting into is not what they're getting into. Yeah. They're getting. But the, and most of these young guys are in for the, I'm going to go out and save the world. Well, that's, you're not going to do that. So I would definitely let them explain a little bit more as to why they're, and try to guide them that way. I would not say don't, but yeah. I would try. This is what it's really like. This is what it's actually like. And this is what you're going to be doing. And, you know, there's going to be a long career of ups and downs and, and job changes. And you can't stick with one thing. And, you know, I think they need to be educated a little bit better in that before they get in there okay um from from being in SWAT in the last 20 years i mean it, we're talking about two decades i mean beginning 2000 um did you see a change from obviously 9-11 to now um in in my particular job, yeah, in a SWAT world, if you wish, like I mean, is it more violent? Is it less violent? Like, what, what did it change? Because I mean, there's a. I know in Quebec we had a shift, right? Like the Els Angels were very, very there, and in the, in the late nineties, they're up shark where they kicked them out, uh, and now they are kind of out of east, uh, west of of Quebec. But um, 
is there is there more violence or is it just more exposed on the news i w i wouldn't contribute it to 9-11 like i i don't make that connection yeah that was you know horrible but i don't think that's what turned anything okay. i think it's growing increase in violence um availability of uh um illegal firearms um and especially up here the the lack of 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 punishment no deterrent so the people are more brazen than they ever were and years ago when it was yes sir no sir to the officer now it's it's not that like there is definitely uh a, not i don't want to say lack of respect they don't care that you're the police you know yeah. um fear of jail there's no nothing so i wouldn't contribute that to 9-11 it's just that's the way society is now and yeah. i i strongly believe without getting into too much political politics is it's because there's no deterrent No, I think you you're know? not you're not wrong. And I mean it's been in the news a lot, right? Like yeah. the latest cop who just passed, that person who, who it's a murder. It's an ambush, it's a murder. Uh had recogs. And and there was it had recogs of recogs, right? Because he had two sets if I, I read properly, yeah. and they were disregarded. Um and I think it, it goes down to the same as punishment if you, you assault a police officer. They're yeah. totally disregarded. It's part you know, of your job. Going back to what you say, if somebody came to me and asked if they were going to be a police officer, well, that was just a, a young, newer guy yeah. going to help somebody, a mm -hmm. car in a ditch. That's what he thought he was going to do, going to help somebody. Yeah. That's how his life ended. So it's all there's a guy just trying to do the right thing. And this is what can happen in this world, right? Yeah. But anyways, what I was saying, like, yeah, like with that, the recogs, all they, it, it just doesn't matter. Like there's nothing stopping these people from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a bizarre shift. I have to say it to me, it's a bizarre, scary. I'm yeah. not going to take that away, but very bizarre shift. Um, and same with, uh, I mean, uh, we can, we can go that, uh, that rabbit hole, but those pedophile and so on where walk, uh, Now they have some restraint, I think, that they have. Uh, it's not that simple. And they remove, I think, recently as well, they remove the fact that they don't have to tell society that they are. So there's a lot of question marks sometimes when you look and, and um, what is going on with either our country, but it's I think it's across the world. There's something that is shifting. Um, I don't know. Hopefully it's a pendulum and it goes back to the other way soon enough. Um, but wow. So Gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Well, I'm I'm hoping that we're in the worse now. <laughs> well, I don't know how much worse, but yeah, yeah, it's uh I think I think this is where as well as a parent it gets scary, right? Because you're wondering, like you hope that your kids won't go through anything like this, right? Uh and we can we could talk about US as well, right? Because US have shootings, right? And and I kind of uh and this is dark humor by all means, but I saw a meme yesterday, or I think it was a, a reel or whatever, it's on Instagram, and, and you have a UK person who's pointing a school and he says, This is a school. And then he goes into US and he sees this is a range place, right? And I was like, This is harsh, right? But they have a lot of shooting, right? Like they yeah. um and I don't necessarily think it's all legal firearms either. Uh, cool. I know the firearms I dealt here was from US, right? So, yeah. um, and we have to find better ways to deal with uh, There's so many things like we could tell that we have to break the entire system down to rebuild, but that would take centuries. 
um, I think as a society, we have to learn how to protect ourselves as well. Uh, yeah. First thing first, right? Because it's it's not all pink and and flur, fl- fluffy and beautiful and u- yeah. unicorns and rainbows. Um, oh. But yeah. Um, okay. So the other aspect is, and I will ask you, because I had those, I had those people reach out to me saying, "You are in special force, like." I, this is I'm enjoying the military fitness and I'm like okay so what would you say to the person who's like I want to join the police to be a SWAT member like same same thing what do you think? like I, like of course I'm gonna I'm not gonna say don't yeah. but again it's not as simple saying yeah sure go ahead I would say like what I do this with all guys that because we go through this right now like when people come up to me and they'll say yeah I wouldn't mind trying out SWAT but Okay, why? What do you think it is? You know, um, and like I said, like policing and like SWAT, what people think it is is not what it is. You know, um, it's not all movie stuff. You know, yes, there is a little bit of that, but you know, there there's a lot more to it and a lot of of work that goes into that. And it's not just about you know coming in and you know getting the the hair gel and uh, get the short. Kicking doors in and smiling for the camera you know there's a lot of work behind the scenes and some people don't know that till they actually get in yeah so yeah i would uh i obviously i encourage anybody to come and try but it's not for everybody just like policing isn't right mm-hmm. no i know i uh i said to that that kid and i mean he was uh late he was in late teens and i was like just start to be a soldier first i said well, what are you talking about i'm like he's like this is what i want to go i'm like yeah but you need to know the roots first. And the roots is, I call it make a sandbag, right? Make a sandbag first. Learn how to make a sandbag in. Or do a trench, right? Dig your trench first, and then you learn how to do the next thing, right? To be a cop, you need to be a cop, a patrol cop first before being a detective. Same thing, right? You need to learn the roots before going up. My own knowledge. Um, I reached out to me recently to kind of a similar subject. Um the son is uh, 21 years old. Yep. Got a toss up between the military and policing. That's that's exactly where I was back way back. And and she was wondering what route to kind of guide him. And I said, hey, let him give me his number. Let him call me. And she's like, oh, you would do that? I said, yeah. So I talked to him for a little bit. And, you know, he really wanted to do the military, but he really wanted to do policing. Well, I said, well, you're talking to the right guy because I've done both. And I strongly suggest you go to the military. Yeah. and learn get that experience get that learn how to do things for yourself i said the policing will always be there but you can't take away that military time and you won't regret it i said but if you do join policing you're gonna regret that you never did that before because i still work with a lot of guys now that wish they had done military time just because they just uh but they chose not to and anyway or you go military police yeah both <laughs> nah not quite another side Okay. Military. Uh, you know what? Like I'm looking at, so I, I look to go back in it because I was missing the military when I was a, a city cop. And, uh, uh, and I was like, you know what? They have actually the best, they have access to the best training. They're true. Because they, yeah. they have the time, right? Let's be honest. They do have the time, which is not yeah. the same thing as a normal cop. Um, and, and like the close protection is another fun thing, right? Like it's, uh, I know a few guys who've been in this and, and so on. I mean, embassies, right? you I had friends who were posted in Greece for four years. Not a bad place to be. That would be great, right? Like it's it's not it's not uh, Baghdad, right? That's different, right? But yeah. yeah. We're talking about Greece, or had, uh, my boss was in Portugal for 
think six years, man. I nice life, six years. Like, and I agree. So for those reasons, I agree with you. Like I would pass the military where we'll build up somewhat of a shield, a different yeah. type of shield, right? Um, and a family, people you can hang out too. Uh, like you said, I mean, doesn't matter how long it's been, you still connect with them. Or if you have not, and you meet them in the street, you're like, oh my God, like they're still there. I talked to a guy who was in uh, commandos in late seventies. And he's like, I, I went to take, it was the, the freedom convoy or whatever that is. And he's like, I saw one of my old buddies and it's been like 25 years. And, and yeah, like, we hugged like it was yesterday. Right. I it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yep. there, there's something unique in this. And it's not even a question of age. It's a question of what did you go through? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's amazing. So, okay, that's great. Um, for a spouse, for a spouse, what would you say to a spouse uh, whose husband or, or wife wow. is going into the police world and they ask, what am I supposed to expect? Huh. Well, your patient's going to be tested. Uh, <laughs> they, but they should they should have a support system for spouses to educate them a little bit. I mean, you can't just pass them a book and say, you know, life is a spouse of a police officer because that doesn't cover it. You know, they should almost offer you know some type of of sessions for them or or during the initial stages when they are getting into policing when you know when they are at Ontario Police College there should be a day or two that they bring the spouses down explain to them like okay this is what your husband boyfriend or wife or girlfriend is going to be going through and this is what you have to prepare yourself there's going to be shift work there's going to be addictions. There's going to be new family. There's going to be drama. There's going to be all this that you cannot even relate to, yeah. because you keep it that you're you're not part of that family. You know yeah. what I mean? They and that's how they get when they first get on these young people. They just get in that little their little gang, and nothing else matters. And and then they forget about. I think they neglect it a little bit on the outside. I, I I would I would agree. I, I mean, my wife always said, "I don't listen to you guys." I would come back and, and we would have a weekend. And sometimes she showed up. We had like a big palm tree in Ottawa that we would bring in inside. And in the winter, we'd be outside beside a kiddie pool. And when it was warm, I'd be in the kiddie pool. And I remember she came back one night, and, and I'm with uh, Tyler, and, and we're both drunk with the beer floating in a kiddie. Pool. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, it's okay. We're in Mexico right now. It's fine. And she was like, what's going on? I'm like, it's okay. And that's something that happened that day. And she's like, you know, when you guys talk from what I, what I hear on my end is. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I just don't yeah. pay attention because it's a language. It's a, it's a language. I don't, I don't understand necessarily. And for many reasons, right? Like one, I did not at the beginning, it bring her into it. I didn't want her to be exposed to those things uh, as protection, which I think made it worse, right? Where it comes down to what you just said, right? They are not involved. Uh, yeah. Which is a big thing. It, yeah, it can be very damaging, right? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's communication. That's what the first thing you need in your relationship is communication. Uh, but yeah, no, and she's like, the police was the same. You guys starting about 10 code. And she's like, am I supposed to learn this thing? I'm like, I start talking jargon and yeah 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 so no it's super interesting well thanks man i mean 
I hope one day you'll take your retirement so we can have a barbecue. Uh, but uh, I would I would love to see you again. I mean, to have a coffee at least for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay. Whenever you take a time off, because I know you never stop working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just grilling you here online. That's all. That's all I do. Uh, awesome. But it was a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I hope we're going to chat soon again. For sure. Okay. Thanks, bud.